Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for coming to Literature Distribution for Today's Mind in Today's World. Have you enjoyed ASI thus far? I love ASI. As one of my young people said recently, ASI is like GYC for adults. That's all they know is GYC, but ASI is, is awesome. Let's uh, start with prayer, and then we're going to dive in. Thank you so much, Lord, for ASI, for the time to be together for a few days and talk about things that matter, eternal things, eternal realities. And we just ask that you'll be with us during this time as we consider your method of distributing literature. Please be with us. Bless us as we consider even some scripture and inspired statements. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. A couple of years ago, I was at a gas pump, pumping my gas, and in the, uh, just on the other side of the pump, a lady pulls up in a nice SUV, and she gets out, and I can kind of see her there, and I, she seemed nicely dressed, and immediately I felt impressed by God that I should hand her a tract. And I thought, no, she's professional, she's in a hurry, she's busy, and none of my objections did anything for the Holy Spirit's conviction. So I said, okay, and I gave in, and I reached into my back pocket and grabbed my pocket packet, which is, uh, keeps my tracts nice, uh, nice and fresh looking. You can sit on these all day, and they still look nice and not crinkly. You can handle about 15 or 20. And I pulled out a little tract and gave it to her. And as I turned around to leave, she said, wait. And I turned back. She says, what denomination are you? And I said, I'm Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And she says, Seventh-day Adventist? Isn't there a, isn't there a church around here? The, because when I was a child, I used to attend a church around here somewhere. And they would send me these little, little pieces of literature in the mail when she was a child. And I said, yeah, it's just right up the street. You take a right, and then it's right there on the corner, etc." She says, oh. And we chatted or whatever. Sometime later, she was baptized. Amen. Praise God. How hard was that? How hard was that? I took a tract. I put it between my thumb and my finger. I extended my arm and smiled. Um, I think it was the one on the Sabbath, a day to remember. That wasn't, that, folks, that took no skill on my part. No skill. She came to the evangelistic series. We kept in touch with her. Some other people kept in touch with her. That took no skill on my part. I just had to be willing to put the thing between my thumb and my finger and extend my arm. And I had to carry the tracts with me, didn't I? I had to carry the tracts with me. I just took the Mears shuttle over to this building, to this uh, resort, this convention center, a couple of hours ago. And there was a girl there from Ireland who's touring Florida. And I gave her one of these. This is one on the Sabbath as well. And on the back it has a QR code. And she was very appreciative. And it, it opened up a nice conversation for us to talk about her Catholic upbringing. 
carrying literature with you. Literature distribution for today's mind in today's world. There has been a resurgence in literature distribution in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it has been only a very recent development. Why literature? Why literature? I'm going to ask that question for the next few minutes. Why literature? The first reason is because it's prophetic. It's prophetic. What do I mean by that? Okay, this is Last Day Events, page 214. Ellen White writes, In a large degree through our publishing houses to be accomplished the work of that other angel who comes down from heaven with great power and who lightens the earth with his glory. Revelation 18.1. That's a direct reference to Revelation 18.1. That's the so-called fourth angel of Revelation 18. And in a large degree through our publishing houses, and by the way, publishing houses also produce media too, so I'm not, it doesn't have to be physical literature. I'm not afraid of ebooks. I think ebooks are awesome. Okay? But in a large degree, through our publishing houses, is to be accomplished the work of that other angel. Now, watch this quote. This is outrageous. Listen to this. The last day events 2.13. More than 1,000 will soon be converted in one day, most of whom will trace their first convictions to the reading of our publications. This is an amazing quote. This is, this is amazing. Notice, though, it doesn't say. Well, first of all, notice it says most. That's what, 51% or more, right? Okay, most of whom will trace their first convictions to the reading of our publications. But notice, the publications actually don't convert them necessarily. It's that they what? They trace their first convictions back to the publications. They're listening to the evangelist. They're like, oh, yeah, I read in that tract. Uh, six months ago that I found on the sidewalk and th- this guy's saying the same thing. Or that book that I read four years ago, this guy's saying the same thing. Do you follow me? So that's what this is talking about. Most of whom will trace their first convictions to the reading of our publications. Why literature? It is prophetic. It's prophetic. God has told us, God has told us that he is going to use literature in the last days. The results of the circulation of this book, The Great Controversy, are not to be judged by what now appears. By reading it, some souls will be aroused and will have courage to unite themselves at once with those who keep the commandments of God, such as... You know that face? Does he look familiar? John Bradshaw. It is written. He was a talk show host, radio show host in New Zealand. Somebody gave him a a great controversy and he read it. Has that influenced the world? How about this guy? You recognize that face? David Asherick. Somebody gave him a great controversy. And he is, by God's grace, God has used him to influence the world. So, but but it says that the results of the the great controversy are not to be judged by what now appears. Well, what now appears are are people like that. But we shouldn't judge it from them. It says, says, by reading it, some will be uh, aroused and will at once unite with those who keep the commandments of God. But a much larger number who read it will not take their position until they see the very events taking place that are foretold in it. The fulfillment of some of the predictions will inspire faith that others also will come to pass. And when the earth is lightened with the glory of the Lord and the closing work, many souls will take their position on the commandments of God as a result of this agency. Now, this is from the book Great Controversy itself. 
<clears throat> miracles will be wrought. This is talking about the loud cry, the final warning. This is the, from the last page of the chapter called The Final Warning. Miracles will be wrought, the sick will be healed, and signs and wonders will follow the believers. The message will be carried not so much by argument as by the deep conviction of the Spirit of God. The arguments have been presented, the seed has been sown, and now it will spring up. The publications distributed by missionary workers have exerted their influence, yet many whose minds were impressed have been prevented from fully giving in to God. Now the rays of light penetrate everywhere. Notwithstanding the agencies combined against the truth, a large number take their stand upon the Lord's side. Why literature? It's prophetic. It's prophetic. Number two, simple outreach makes God's people spiritually alive. My cohort, Nelson Ernst, and I have watched hundreds and hundreds of people, perhaps thousands, but I don't want to exaggerate, return from doing outreach. Have you ever seen anybody gloom and doom when, you, when they come back? I just, I just haven't seen people gloomy. They're always happy. When they come back from doing outreach, church members have smiles on their faces. Simple outreach makes God's people spiritually alive. It's just what we need. It's just what we need. It gets us out and talking to people. Literature distribution is an excuse to talk to people. This is Jen on the screen. <clears throat> Jen was an agnostic. And a couple of people who were doing outreach met her when they were doing outreach. She accepted the, the truth. She herself was baptized, and then she did, she herself became part of two big outreach teams that were doing outreach with literature, just because she was reached by people who were doing outreach. Folks, literature and the personal contact that goes, that is, accompanies with literature, makes uh, uh, God's people spiritually alive, and she is spiritually alive, spiritually alive, because she herself has begun doing outreach as well. Story after story, I can tell you, and when Nelson Ernst shares with you uh, some practical methods, some simple and practical methods about how to distribute literature here in a few minutes, he's going to share a bunch of stories as well. But just quickly, one of my friends, Valerie, was visiting in a park one day, and she handed a glow track to someone, started a conversation with her, and eventually the lady signed up for Bible studies and was just recently baptized a few weeks ago. And we just heard about this story. These stories keep coming, story after story. In fact, just this last Sabbath, six days ago, one of my young people was in the Hollister, California, Seventh-day Adventist Church. In fact, I have the audio file here. Uh, I can't play it for you. And they bumped into a lady who said, yeah, somebody gave me some literature eight years ago. I signed up for Bible studies she was baptized, and she's been going to church for years, and we just found out about it. We just found out about it six days ago. She was tracing her first convictions to the reading of her publications, and she's an, a, a member there. Simple outreach makes God's people spiritually alive. Uh, there was a, a church outreach distributing literature in a local park called Glow in the Park. And by the way, Glow stands for giving light to our world. Glow is a concept of carrying literature with you wherever you go. It can be any literature. Carrying literature with you wherever you go. 
It's a glow as a concept. So they were doing glow in the park. We also have glow in the dark, which is Halloween. Go out at Halloween and hand out literature. Glow in the park. They go out to the park and they hand out literature. And just recently we heard that three people were baptized. Three guys that they met in the park were baptized because one church did a glow in the park. And it makes that, made that church exciting. It's just what we need. It gets us out of our comfort zone. I was at a store called Big Lots. I'm from the East Coast, over the West Coast. I'm happy to be visiting the East Coast. I'm from the West Coast, from California. We have a store there called Big Lots. I don't know if you have Big Lots out here. You do? Okay. And I was at Big Lots, and there was a line of people behind me, and I was checking out, and I said, this lady needs a tract. So I reached into my pocket, and I handed her a tract. And she opened it up quickly, saw that it was religious, and she said, I need this. I said, oh. She said, this didn't happen by accident. And I thought, whoa, okay, yeah, you're right. And there's still a line of people behind me, you, you understand. And she said, I know that he's been telling me I need to get back to church. Where is your church? I mean, I didn't, folks, I didn't even say anything. There was no great soul-winning method that I did. I just had the courage to put a tract between my thumb and my finger and go like that. The Holy Spirit has those people out there. So I told her where our church was. That happened just recently. It gets us out of our comfort zone. It gets us out of our comfort zone. Anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. There's a lady back in California. She has one arm. Her other arm is paralyzed. She loves putting glow tracts in the napkins that accompany the veggie burgers of her church's outreach at fairs. Her church has a veggie burger outreach at fairs. She says, I found my ministry. Anybody can do this. How about children? There are a whole bunch of children there, ready doing, to do literature outreach. There she is with a big smile. And that little girl has a tract in her hand. She's praying before she goes out to hand out literature. Anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. I was at a church uh, some time ago, and just before I got up to preach, they had testimony time. And my heart thrilled as I, as I saw this lady get up and begin to share what doing outreach meant to her. And it was so heartfelt. And when she sat down and then they had special music and I got up, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to me, okay? What this lady just said from the pulpit is more important than what, I, than what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is another sermon and you're going to be sitting there listening to a sermon. But what she said is the most important thing. Going out and doing something. Anybody can do it. How about this? Look at that. Brazilian outreach. About a year ago, South America, folks, if you don't know, South America is way ahead of North America in distributing literature. Those people down there are fanatical. It's, it's amazing. There's Ted Wilson uh, in the slums of Sao Paulo, and that is 60,000 Adventists who gathered in downtown Sao Paulo, Brazil, to celebrate the church's outreach. They, they passed out 4 million copies of the book Great Controversy in one day. When I saw that, I said, what planet is that? Praise God. Four million in one day. They did a half a million in Ecuador in one day. That is exciting. The Great Hope Project, North American Division. Are you handing out the Great Controversy? I hope that you are. I hope that you are. That's the Great Hope Project. Anybody can do this. And it, simple outreach makes God's people alive. Oh, that's a picture of a, a tract rack. A tract rack in a church that I thought looked so nice. See all those tracts? You just want to take them and hand them out, don't you? 
Okay, this is from Last Day Events 193. When we have entire wholehearted consecration to the service of Christ, God will recognize the fact by an outpouring of his spirit without measure. But this will not happen while the largest portion of the church are not laborers together with God. Literature distribution activates us, church members, who are tempted to do very little. Literature distribution activates church members. Number three, why literature? Why literature? Because it works. Amen. It works. Listen to this. Some of you, some of you are going to be amazed at this, okay? Watch these statistics, okay? This is Forbes magazine. Forbes magazine. Are books in danger? The conventional wisdom would say yes. After all, more and more media, the internet, cable TV, satellite radio, video games compete for our time. And the web in particular, with its emphasis on textual snippets, skimming, and collaborative creation, seems ill-suited to nurture the sustained authoritative transmission of complex ideas that has been the historical purview of the printed page. Surprise, though... Surprise, the conventional wisdom is wrong. Our special report on books and the future of publishing is brimful of reasons to be optimistic. People are reading more, not less. The internet is fueling literacy. Giving books away online increases offline readership. Wow. That's different than you thought, wasn't it? People are reading more, not less. The internet is fueling literacy. People still burn books, Forbes con concludes. But that only means that books are still dangerous enough to destroy. And if people want to destroy them, they're valuable enough that they will endure. Listen to this. This is New York Times, just from a few months ago. This is a, a, a commenting on a Pew Research study that was done about Americans' reading habits. Regardless of where they do it, the Pew study presented what seems a fairly upbeat picture of reading. Readers consumed an average of 15 books in the previous year. 14% of the respondents read 21 or more books. People still read, big time. They read more now than they have in the past. So don't let any of those things scare you or fool you. It works. People still read. Watch this. 3.4% increase in books purchased year over year in 2011 and 37% increase in religious book purchases. People are interested in religious things. They have a heart need. They're interested uh, this is from the BISG, the Book Industry Study Group, and the Association of American Publishers. Uh, they're the two largest industry study groups, and they, they, they pull the publishing associations and try to gather in all the data. I don't think that they did that for 2012 because it cost too much money. But that's in 2011. They did it in 2010, 2011. Very interesting. It's not what you would think. It's not what you would think. People are still reading. Uh, this is Stephen Johnson, author of Where Good Ideas Come From. Okay, the book, in its traditional form, has been as much of an idea generator as the web or the city over the centuries. Because the linear format of the book and the word count of most books allowed more complex and important arguments or observations to be presented. So books are not going away. If you have anything to say that is worthwhile, having it in print makes a difference. So it works. It works. Why? And I'm going to tell you a couple more stories. Remember these two guys? Somebody could have said, somebody could have said, he's a radio talk show host. Don't give him a great controversy. That's what, not what he needs right now. He just needs a health seminar. Guys, I believe in health seminars, big time. What got him? It was the great controversy. 
David Ashrick. Somebody could have said, don't give him one. It's not what he needs right now. That was what he needed right now. And the person who gave it signed, signed it and said, from me to you. That's a nice touch, isn't it? These people, precious. This is Jeanette and her son. Jeanette owns a hairstylist shop in California. And Jeanette found at her business, she opened up her business that morning, and she found a tract on religious liberty. She read it, and she thought it was great. She sent away for more information, another tract, on the Sabbath. And she was convicted on the Sabbath. She didn't know what to do, though. She didn't know what to do with it. So she prayed, Lord, if this Sabbath thing is legit, please give me more evidence. And she was sitting in her car, or walking to her car, just getting to her car, uh, in a shopping mall, and she was approached by an, a gentleman and a boy who were out passing out tracts on a Sabbath afternoon. Unrelated to the tract that was delivered at her business. And she took one, she says, wait, wait, is this one on the Sabbath? And she took all the tracts on all the topics, read through them all, passed them out at her business. One of the tracts was called A Day to Remember on the Sabbath. She was convicted. She said, Lord, you're obviously speaking to me. I still have so many doubts. Please just give me one more evidence. The next day, she was walking out of Target. Sitting on top of a trash can was another tract on the Sabbath. Another one, the third one. She called the number on the back, signed up for Bible studies, finished all 12 of the basic Amazing Facts Bible studies in a week. 12 Bible studies done in a week. Ready for the advanced ones. She signed up for the advanced ones. She was baptized, and now she is the literature distribution leader for her local church. Amen. Praise his name. Story after story. Oh, this is, this is great. This is Brandon. Brandon was discouraged in his home. And a girl was going out doing evangelism and using literature. It says, when I answered it, when I answered the door, there was a modestly dressed young woman who had an amazing glow about her. Thinking about it now makes me think it could have been an angel. And then it said, how could, he says, how could a complete stranger care about me and take time to come to my house? Then he says, he, he, he got a great controversy and a DVD, and it broke his heart. It says, I knew then that my Father in heaven had been waiting at the door for me the whole time. Almost instantly, the eternal love of God changed my heart. Because somebody went out and did it. It works. It works. By the way, he teaches Sabbath school at the largest church in our conference in California. This is just a few years ago. Oh, there's a girl. This lady was baptized because somebody, we don't know who, somebody left a tract on her door. And she was just baptized in the last year, I think. Year and a half. Somebody left a tract on her door. Uh, this guy. This guy got a hold of a copy of the Bible readings for the home uh, when he was down in Arizona. Then he moved to California. And then he got a hold of a copy of Steps to Christ. And his name is Moses. And he was so convicted on the Sabbath, he, kept, he started keeping the Sabbath. His other pastor shunned him. His friends and family shunned him. But he started keeping the Sabbath. And when he found the Sabbath-keeping church in his town, uh, when he moved to California, he was going to go to church. But he said, ah, I don't feel worthy to go to church. I remember all my past sins. I remember all the bad things that I've done. I can't go to church. So at that point, he opens up Steps to Christ. And from the literature... He reads, God loves us to have, have us come to him just as we are, sinful, helpless, and dependent. And he said, that's it. I've got to go to church. So he went to church, 
our friends warmed him, uh, welcomed him warmly. He was baptized, and he's now an, an active member of his church. Folks, literature works. I have other stories I could tell. Uh, this lady, this is uh, Shelly, I think her name is. Uh, that's a really neat story. I'm out of time. I don't want to tell. These, these ladies, uh, which, the one was a, a non-practicing Seventh-day Adventist for 60 years. And she was walking along one day, and she felt the Holy Spirit say to her, go and get those books on the Sabbath and read them. And she, she, she went, to the, went to her garage and went through her boxes and found an old copy of Bible readings for the home. And she and her daughter were just baptized. Uh, this guy's a great story, too. That You can't see this picture. Uh, these are people being baptized. Folks, it works. I'm going to conclude my, my portion and hand it over to Nelson Ernst with a Bible verse. This is John chapter 20. John chapter 20. This is John the Apostle. This is John the Apostle, and he is concluding his, this, this portion of his... His, um, his gospel. John chapter 20, verse 30. The Bible says, And truly did many other, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are, what? Written. written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Notice, written, believe, Life. Do you notice a connection here? These are written that you may believe, and then believing you have life. So essentially it's read, believe, have life. For whatever reason, God himself has chosen as his primary medium of communication with human beings, he's chosen a book. Hasn't he? He's chosen a piece of literature. Read, believe, have life. God has chosen his primary medium of communication to human beings to be a piece of literature. Will you do the same? All right, let's see if I can get this attached real quick and then we'll get on to our second half. I've got so many wires on me, I don't know quite what to do here. Okay, well, hopefully this works. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay, the lapel mic sometimes a little bit far away, so if I turn like this, maybe you can hear me better the whole time. That might get a crick in my neck, so we'll just, uh, we'll give it our best shot. Um, how many of you have ever, how many people here have ever distributed a piece of literature before? All right, how many people here, by raise of hands once again, have ever distributed a piece of literature to somebody directly to their face, giving it to them in their hand? All right, how many people have distributed a piece of literature by not giving it directly into their hand, just placing it somewhere? All right, how many of you think that handing it to somebody directly is a little bit more scary? Wow, okay, good, that's an honest answer. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna go over a lot of different methods of how to get literature into your community. Some of them are gonna be directly uh, giving it a hand-to-hand -hand combat, and other ones are going to be more indirect, placing it in areas. And so none of us are excused. All of us can be literature evangelists, and uh, whether we're afraid or not, we can get literature into our community. So um, we're going to move right on. Don't you like that graphic? That's a pretty cool picture, huh? If you want that, I can email it to you. I've got a lot of cool glow graphics. You can post them up and, you know, give this same seminar to people in your area. Folks, we want to get people activated. Amen? Yes. 
That's one of the beauties about literature evangelism is that uh, there's a lot of great ministries out there, but literature evangelism and particularly literature distribution has a pro in that it's actually something that gets everybody in the church activated. In other words, nobody has an excuse to not be a literature evangelist. We can all be literature distributors. I have one from Audioverse right here. Oh, you have one funny. Yeah, they gave me one too. No problem. Um, All right. So one of the the primary ways that people are getting involved in literature distribution in the North American division and other areas of the globe as well is through a program called GLOW. And as Bill mentioned earlier, GLOW is not about a particular tract. It's not a product. GLOW is a concept. And that concept is take a tract, stick it in your pocket, and pass it out wherever you go. It doesn't matter if it's from Amazing Facts, it is written, any reputable Seventh-day Adventist ministry, as long as you have a piece of literature in your pocket when you're in the grocery store at the gas station, you are a glower. Amen? Something every one of us can do. It's really great because it's, it, becomes, it helps you maintain a mentality of being a, a literature evangelist by lifestyle 24-7. All right? Now, these are just a few statistics of it. Glow started in 2007, and since then we've printed over 31 million tracks as of about three weeks ago. No, two weeks. No, one. Last week, we printed our th- over 31 million tracks. Praise the Lord. He's blessing. But folks, as exciting as that is, we have a lot more work to do. The reason why we're giving a seminar today, and I hope to continue to give seminars, is because uh, there's a lot more activation that needs to happen. Uh, folks, we have 37 million people just in California. That's not even one track per person in one state in the entire United States, which is one country in the world. We have a lot of work to do, amen? Amen. In fact, I looked at the statistics. I work for Central California Conference, and there we put out 1.8 to 2.1 million tracks every year. When you compare that to the amount of people that we have in our conference, that's only two tracks per member per month. Folks, although that's exciting and we're the lead conference for distribution in the entire division, that's only two tracks per person per month. So we have a lot to grow. Depends on how you want to look at statistics, right? You can look at them in a positive or, or a negative way or, or however you want to view it. All right? Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. All of us can be involved in literature evangelism. All right? So the question is how? Now we're going to go over a few practical tips. So if you have a piece of paper and a pencil and a pen or an iPad or an iPhone or an i-something that has notation uh, applications on it, you might want to whip it out because we're going to go over some practical ways to get literature into your community, okay? These are methods that people have been using not only in America but in other portions of the world as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's just exciting to see what people are using here as far as uh, creative ideas. All right. Category number one for how to do literature distribution is while you're traveling. I thought that this would be a good one to share with us because what are we doing right now? We're traveling, right? Well, not currently. We're sitting in this auditorium, but soon we will be traveling back to our homes. So there's a lot of different ways to get literature out while you're traveling. Number one is at your hotel. Everybody here is staying at a hotel, unless you live in Orlando. Um, Every one of our hotels has a Gideon Bible, at least in the United States it does. Take that Gideon Bible, open it up to Exodus chapter 20, and stick a Bible tract in there as a bookmark. Amen? It'll give a person uh, something to read to help them uh, view the Bible Um, through those scriptural lenses. Um, We have a lot of stories that we could share on this. I'm going to share one with you. Uh, Any of you here heard of Montel Williams? Montel Williams, he's a talk show host. Anyway, Montel Williams, yes, he has a right-hand man that works with him. And uh, this right-hand man was in a hotel one time, and guess what he found in his hotel room? A glow tract on the topic of health. And uh, it, it was entitled Got Health. He read it, he thought it was cool, 
but he just set it down and kept on going on with life. Next day, he got in his airplane, or a airplane, and he was flying somewhere when, guess what he found in the Sky Mall magazine right in front of him? Not just any glow tract, he found the exact same one on health. And so he's like, wow, this is impressive. He called the phone number, got a hold of the glow director in the Upper Columbia Conference and said, this is exciting, this is the best health write-up that I've heard, read in a long time, and uh, Montel is now just getting into health. I'm gonna tell him about this, and I'm sure we're gonna order a bunch. He ended the phone call by ordering a thousand tracks for himself, and he said he'd call more. Amen? Powerful. So, put it in the hotels. All right. Number, uh, number two for methods that you can get literature out when you're in the hotel, give it to the maid. When you see him in the hallway, give him a tract. When you leave your room at the end, leave one on the bed. They'll pick it up. Um, while you're at the airport, another powerful method of getting literature into people's hands. Um, I like to uh, sometimes go into the chapels when I'm in airports. You know a lot of airports have chapels. One time I went into a chapel, I was tired. I think it was jet lag. And uh, ch chapels are nice because they're very quiet. Nobody really frequents those places too much. Well anyways, I was sitting in there minding my own business, reading, my, reading the Bible. <clears throat> in walks a Catholic priest and a few other folks. And they say, we're, we're gonna have uh, the, the Catholic service now. And, uh, and I was like, oh great. And they said, are you, are you going to be here with us for that? And so I was, you know, I kind of felt awkward. I didn't want to say no. And there I was sitting there. And I got thinking to myself, is it okay to have the Mass? Well, anyway, as I was thinking about this, the Catholic priest stands up and he says, oh, by the way, folks, um, I didn't bring the, 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 the bread and the wine with me today, so we're just going to have to skip that part. And I wiped the sweat off my brow. And uh, we moved on from transubstantiation to other topics. And uh, I ended up... Uh, at the end, going up to the Catholic priest after he was done with his little service, and, um, and I talked to him about what I had, these little Bible pamphlets. I just went up and talked to him about it. I mean, he should be interested, right? He's a minister, and we have tracts that perhaps could be of value to him. So I have every legitimate reason for talking to him about this. So I go up and I talk to him. He says, these are great. And before everybody leaves, he gets their attention. He says, hey, hey, guys, hey, come over here. This guy's got some good products. You should check these out. And so all the people in that chapel came up, and I just gave tracts out to every one of them. Amen? Praise the Lord. Security. When you're in the airport, somebody scans your, uh, your ID and your ticket, make sure that you're legit, give them a track. The people who help you and tell you to take off your belt and your shoes, give them a track. Lots of different people you can get those out to. Uh, your seatmate, when you're in the airplane, they're not going anywhere for the next few hours, right? They have to sit right next to you. So you give them a track. And uh, it's, it's amazing. I was flying somewhere recently, and I started a conversation intentionally with the woman who was sitting next to me. In fact, I started it by opening up my Bible and reading. And when you do that, oftentimes it catches people's attention. Well, anyway, sure enough, it worked. She started talking to me, asked me if I was a Christian. We started talking about the book of Proverbs, which I was reading at the time. And I started asking her questions, who she was all about. And, and she was a, um, a psychologist that taught in a university and her husband was some kind of medical doctor. They were flying to some convention over in uh, Holland, uh, which is where we were headed at the time, and, and they were going to give some seminars. So these are highly educated folks. Anyway, the lady talks to me, <clears throat> and she says, so what, kind of, what, what denomination are you? And I said, well, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And she said, so what do you guys believe? And I started sharing with her things that Seventh-day Adventists have in common with other denominations, and she stopped me. She said, no, what do you believe that's different? I want to know what's different about you. Why are you a Seventh-day Adventist? And so I started sharing with her uh, a few different uh, uh, topics. Uh, I talked about the Sabbath and whatnot. Towards the end of our conversation, I gave her two tracks, one, uh, and they were both on the topic of hell. 
and how hell doesn't last forever. And she took one and she said, you know, this is really interesting because one of my colleagues in the university is right now writing a book on, on this topic of hell. And he's trying to show that hell doesn't exist at all. And uh, this is very timely. At the end of our conversation, she said, you know, what's really interesting is that you, you Christians, you have something. You're lucky in a way because you at least believe in something. Most of us out here are still searching for that. I'll never forget those words. Folks, divine appointments sitting right next to you in the airplane. Give them a piece of literature or put it in the, um, the, the, the little newspaper, the little magazine that's sitting right in front of you. You know, the ones that have like the dog ramps for the dogs to get up on the bed. and Yeah, in-flight magazine or Sky Mall magazine with the toasters that play music and that kind of stuff. So, all right. Next uh, method or category of literature distribution is through the mail. This is particularly good for those of us who don't like giving literature to people directly. You can mail literature. Um, intentional track mailing. Uh, you can go through your phone book with your church and just do mailings. For those of you who, who can't get out very much, you can't maybe walk door to door or do something like that, get them together in a Sabbath afternoon, go through your phone book and do some mail outs. Um, this is what Jehovah's Witnesses do when they get old. They don't stop working. By the way, did you know that Jehovah's Witnesses are not counted as members of their churches unless they're doing evangelism? They're not members unless they're working. Wow. I just got done studying with Jehovah's Witnesses for about two and a half months. At the end of it, they said that they were not going to study with me anymore. I tried to persuade them, but they wouldn't give in. And um, I learned a lot, though, folks. We have a lot of uh, um, ways that we could we could uh, be uh, blessed by following some of uh, the, the aggressive evangelistic efforts that these, uh, that these other denominations have. But anyway, back to the point here. Uh, we recently had a lady who got a great idea. She said, you know what, I'm going to mail a tract to my, to my brother. So she got a State of the Dead tract. She mailed it to her brother. And when the brother got it, he read it. He liked it so much that he photocopied it and he mailed it to somebody else. That person got it. They liked it so much that they called back the, the person who mailed it to him, the brother. They had a, a, a uh, Bible study on the phone over that topic, reading that tract, and at the end, uh, one of them hung up, called the program, uh, the GLOW program, and said, if this is what Seventh-day Adventists believe, I want to find the most local church. Amen? Amen. Powerful. You never know what's going to happen when you mail out a tract. Bills. Whenever you get a bill through the mail, if you still do snail mail bills and not everything is automated through the internet, go ahead and send a tract back when you do that. Maybe they'll lower the bill next time. Amen? Um, credit card offers. You know those credit card offers you get in the mail? The ones you always throw away? Well, rather than throwing them away, open them up, get out that prepaid return envelope, stick a tract in and mail it back. Amen? That's free evangelism money, folks. What are stamps now? 46 cents? Something like that? I don't know. Um, either they're going to stop sending those things to you or somebody's going to get baptized. So that's how I like to do it. Whenever we get them at the office, I just take those things and I give them to our secretary, and she mails them out. In fact, you should make a ministry out of this. Go back to your local church, make an announcement, tell everybody, listen, we're going to collect, we're going to put a box up here that has a little slot in it, and I want you every week to bring up all of your junk mail that has return envelopes and stick it in this box. At the end of the month, we're going to designate a Sabbath for all the, the folks who can't go and do door-to-door. -door. Well, let me say, for, well, anyway, just for some people to get together, because pretty much everybody can go door-to-door. -door. Um, and uh, we're going to mail those things out with glow tracks. Amen? or any tracks for that matter. Errands in town. Next category, okay? Errands in town. How do you get literature out? When you're in town, it's one of the best ways, best times to get it out. 
Um, item number one, shopping cart. We have had people calling in for Bible studies across America because they found a track that they found in a shopping cart. Yep. Folks, it works, believe it or not. Um, giving it to the cashier. Uh, you know, we meet cashiers all the time. Everywhere we go when we're purchasing something. Those are real people too. They're not just there for the transaction. We can give them a piece of literature. In the town that I'm in, Clovis, California, uh, the people are passing out literature. There's so much. One of our local churches has passed out over 300,000 of these tracks. It's ridiculous. People are getting duplicates. Uh, I went to the grocery store called Winco one time just to, just to test it out. And uh, the local grocery store, I went up to the lady who was uh, the cashier there as I was checking out, getting my food, and I, and I, hold up, I held up a glow tract. And I said, have you, have you gotten this one yet? I didn't ask her if she wanted it. I said, have you gotten this one yet? And she said, oh, no, I haven't gotten that one yet, but uh, I got these two today. And she pulled out of her little work apron two other titles that she had gotten that day. While, she, while that was happening and transpiring, the lady who was in front of me, this elderly lady, she was having a hard time making out a check to pay for her groceries. And so there was a little bit of a confusion there, a little bit of stress. And I turned to the, to the elderly lady who was having a, tr uh, a hard time, and I gave her a, a tract entitled Promise of Peace. And when she looked at it, she said, oh, this is so nice. My sister passes these out. And then uh, she said, can I have that? And I said, of course. Praise the Lord. Folks, there was a call porter in this town who went out to give a tract to a homeless bum on the street. When the guy got it, he said, thanks, I'm collecting these. It's getting a little bit ridiculous, but I love it. Praise the Lord if we're having that kind of a problem. People are getting duplicates. That's a good problem to have. All right, gas stations. Folks, Jehovah's Witnesses have overtaken the laundromats, but as Seventh-day Adventists, I think we should at least overtake the gas stations. Amen? Hello? How many people here have a car or an automobile of some sort? How many here fill up your gas at a gas station? All of us go to a gas station, and everybody else and their uncle goes to a gas station as well, right? So there's a prime opportunity to reach out. Now, here's how you do it, okay? I'm actually going to show you a picture. You see where the receipt prints out? That's a perfect place to stick a glow tract. It doesn't, don't put it in where the receipt actually comes out the slot, but wedge it right underneath so the receipt prints out right on top of it. Either that or you can put it in between the gas uh, um, nozzle thing and the L-shaped thing that holds the gas nozzle thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? So check it out. If you're pumping gas, uh, unless you're cleaning your windows or doing something in a convenience store, what are you doing? You're just sitting there. You're standing there. So you're going to have time to read that tract. It's a perfect setup, folks. In fact, the way that these little receipt printouts are, are, are made, I think that it was almost divinely orchestrated. It's just so perfect. These tracks look picturesque when you put them there, especially this one called Intelligent Faith. It's gray, which kind of blends with the gas pump. I love it. And uh, we've had a lot of good stories come out of that, but we're not going to go into that because we have a limited amount of time. So gas stations, let's do that for sure. Um, laundromats. How many of you have a laundromat in your local town? Several, right? If you don't know how many, just go onto Google and type in laundromat in such and such a town and you'll find them all. And uh, what we can do is we can go in there and do exactly what the Jehovah's Witnesses has done, is get permission to put a literature rack in there and put, uh, put our literature in there so that people can get it. Folks, when you're at the laundromat, stuff happens. I mean, there's divine appointments left and right. I used to be a bachelor until this last February and I would go to uh, the laundromat um, and when I was at the laundromat it was, it was an, a rarity and an exception when I did not find somebody 
who was very open to receiving literature. And so they have nothing else to do while they're there anyway. They can read. So we set up a rack, put some literature in there, and it works. Now, in San Francisco, uh, this method has taken off a little bit. And uh, what one of the, the churches there has done is uh, it's a big Samoan church. And if you know what Samoans, if you've ever seen a Samoan, they're, they're big people. They're awesome. South San Francisco Samoan Church. If you're ever in, South, in, some, in San Francisco, go give them a visit. They have really good potlucks. And uh, anyway, one of these Samoan ladies from this uh, South San Francisco Samoan church, she had uh, gone to the laundromat and placed her stack of glow literature right there. When in walked a Jehovah's Witness while she was sitting on the side, picked up the tracks and walked right over to the, gas, to the, to the trash can, was just about ready to drop them. When the Samoan lady said, what are you doing? And the Jehovah's Witness is like, well, uh, I... Uh, uh, and she said, just put those back. Okay. Put them back and scampered on out. Now, folks, Samoans can do what some of us can't do. And I'm not necessarily recommending that method. But I'm just illustrating the point that if we put our tracks into the laundromats, that people will pick them up and read them. Another lady was doing this in Washington. I forget if it was the Upper Columbia Conference or Washington Conference, but nevertheless, she was putting literature in, into a rack that she had put there in a gas station. But she noticed that these tracks would disappear very quickly. And so what she did is she decided to sit there and watch to see what was happening. Perhaps somebody was coming in and throwing, and throwing them away. Well, in walked the mailman, took a bunch of their tracks out of the rack, put them into his mail satchel, and started walking out. She stopped him and she said, excuse me, sir, <laughs> my good man, what are you doing with those pieces of literature? And he said, oh, these? Oh, these, these little pamphlets are so great. I've read them, and I, I, I like giving them to the people I deliver mail to. Praise the Lord. You never know what's going to happen. Just do the simple things God asks us to do, and uh, you'll get big results. All right, to the homeless people. While you're in errands in town, inevitably, you know, depending on what city you're in, you're going to bump into somebody who's homeless. There's a lot of uh, ways that you can get literature into people's hands, and this is a highly effective one. What I like to do is, uh, if you're going to give them some money, wrap it in a tract. If you're going to give them some food, you know, put a tract along with it, and they're very, very grateful about that. In fact, when I was over in, um, I was in Wisconsin recently, I was talking over there about uh, these methods, and one of the, the attendees came up to me afterwards, and he said, you know what's really crazy? I've only been Adventist for a little while, Six months ago, I was doing a, a, a road trip. I was hitchhiking and, uh, from Wisconsin to California. This guy was in California, in L.A. area, you know, walking down the road with his thumb out when some guy pulls over and uh, gives him like a water bottle and a glow track to the Adventist hitchhiker. So that was kind of weird. But anyway, he kept on hitchhiking. A few days later, he was farther north in California, and, uh, just minding his own business, when all of a sudden a, a homeless guy, a bum, comes up, approaches him uh, with a glow tract in his hand, says, hey man, you gotta check this out. Hello? That's good stuff. Give them to the homeless. Never know what's gonna happen. All right, now, category number, what category is this? This is number four? Category number four, okay, door to door. Now, for those of you who are getting butterflies in your stomach, don't worry, all of us can do door to door. Yes, believe it or not, if you can talk to somebody in a grocery store line, the only difference between that and talking to somebody at a door is that you're at a different location and you actually have to walk a few steps to get there. And if you made yourself in, if you made your way into this, this seminar, believe me, you can go door to door because this, this convention hall is huge. 
And if you can walk from there over to here, you can probably walk a mile or two out in the neighborhoods. Amen? No excuses. But let's talk about doors. There's actually two different kinds of doors, if you didn't know. Uh, door number one is house doors. And uh, you're thinking, well, what's door number two? Well, we'll get to that. Um, we recently got an email from a person distributing tracks over in Hawaii, and this is what they said in their email. They said, you won't believe this. While I was passing out glow door to door, there were dogs. So I threw the tract into the gate. One of the dogs picked up the tract and brought it to the door. Hopefully the owners will read it. Amen? You know, Balaam had his donkey, Noah had his animals, and uh, over in Hawaii they have glowing dogs doing missionary work. There's a lot of different ways to get literature into people's hands, one of which is just going straight to their door. And we have a lot more that we could talk about in, in regards to this, but we're just going to keep on rolling. Uh, door, number two, door number two is car doors. This is a not thought of and highly, highly neglected, yet very effective and efficient way of getting literature into your community. In fact, this is one of my favorite methods. My favorite methods. When you go shopping, don't park as close as you can get park farther away. And uh, first of all, you're less likely to get scratched by another car bumped into, right? But secondly, it allows you to not make a beeline straight to the door, but it allows you to walk in and out, weave in and out of a few cars. And while you're doing that, you take your tract and uh, you don't fold it to the point of it creasing, but you bend it like so and you just pop it right there into the car door on which side do you think? The driver's side, right? Okay, check it out. I even have pictures here to illustrate. There are two kinds of car doors. Yes, I have pictures of them. This is a handle that pops out, and this is a handle that you have to reach into. Which one do you think is easier to get a tract into? This is the easier one to get a tract into. But you can get a tract into this one, depending on the size of the tract. I'm just talking about this format. You can get a tract into this uh, door handle by bending the tract this way and sticking it up like that. So it does actually work. And folks, people get these tracks all the time in this method. In fact, I think it was um, Don McIntosh wrote me an email the other day saying that somebody had glowed up his car in the parking lot. Uh, Steve Wolberg, uh, he's one of the authors of some of our tracks. He said that uh, he found one of his tracks that he'd written for Glow in Safeway, and he said, somebody's doing a good job. So I like it when uh, Adventists get glowed. That's what I call it, glowed. Um, but you've got to be careful with this method um, because you don't want to get arrested. I personally have been arrested by doing this. Let me share with you to illustrate. I was in Bakersfield taking a team of church members out door to door on a Sabbath afternoon. Problem was is that it was, it was raining. And so uh, half the team, we decided to go to a multi-level uh, parking garage at a mall because, you know, you've got a roof over your head. You can put the tracks on the doors and it's, you know, not going to get wet. So there we were passing out tracks in this multi-level parking garage when all of a sudden I noticed that there's more and more security driving around. And every time they drive by, they happen to kind of look at us. And I think to myself, hmm, this is weird. So I start passing out tracks in even a more sneaky way. And uh, it was uh, to no avail because just a few minutes later I hear this, excuse me, sir. And I turn around and all of a sudden two security guards are on me. One is a big black guy. He immediately has my legs spread. He has me handcuffed behind my neck, my, my head like this, and he's patting me down, feeling for weapons. And the other skinny white guy's in front. He's interrogating me. And I just have this smile on my face this whole time, thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, these guys are busting us for passing out Bible tracts. If I go to jail, this is going to make a really good story. 
Well, anyway, as the skinny guy is interrogating me, he says, yeah, yeah, we saw you. We know. You guys are trying to steal cars. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. They're, trying to, they're looking at us through these little uh, you know, low-resolution, perhaps, uh, video cameras, security cameras. And they see us going around, you know, touching car, cars and you know, being around there. And uh, obviously, they think that we're trying to steal the cars. Well, anyway, when I heard that, I smiled even more. And I said, sir, look at, look at the car door handle right here. And he looks. And all of a sudden, by, after both of them see it, the, the guy behind me, he stops patting me down. The skinny guy in front of me, he stops interrogating me. They look at each other with this blank stare. And you know that they had no idea what to do at that point. And I said, yeah, man, we're just, we're just distributing tracks, you know, putting them out. And uh, in the meantime, the skinny white guy had pulled out of my front pocket, feeling for weapons. He had pulled out a whole stack of, of tracks. And he flips through them, and he pulls out one that says, end of the world. And he says, hey, can I have this one? And with my hands locked up here, I'm like, yeah, of course you can have that. In fact, I'd give you more, but, you know, I'm kind of uh, <clears throat> in a bind here. So... They let us go, they rounded all of us up, and there's all these security guards in a circle around us, kind of scuffing their feet, not knowing what to do. So we give them all tracks and we take off. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, door-to-door. Uh, -door. House doors, car doors. All right. Uh, next category. And we're going to have to wind things up pretty quick here. Our time is running quickly. 422. Go to 45, right? Okay. Um, and I'd like to, if possible, maybe have a few minutes for Q&A at the very end. Uh, community events. All of us live in a community, and the communities typically have events. And so when those events happen, we should be out there uh, doing work for the Lord. Um, one of those is uh, sporting events. If you have a sporting event in your community, there's large crowds that come to that. Figure out a way of getting literature into people's hands at those sporting events. It's, it's a powerful way of getting literature out in, in mass. I was with a group once that was doing this. We passed out 6,000 pieces of literature in, in a half an hour. I mean, it's just it's a great way of doing it. Of course, you have to have a bold person leading it, and uh, you've got to be smart. But uh, it works. Over in Europe, uh, the Polish uh, youth, some of them got together and they said, hey, we want to translate these glow tracks into, into Polish. So they worked with us on that. They translated them. And then we provided the capital for them to make the first print run. So they printed half a million. Amen? Printed half a million of these tracks over there just in time to distribute them at the Euro Cup Games. So here they were distributing these things out there at the Euro Cup Games, left and right. One of the young men was out there passing out literature at the Euro Cup games. He had a whole stack of glow tracks in his, in his pocket and his wallet in the other one. And he felt somebody bump up against him. And the next thing he knew, he recognized that he had been pickpocketed. The problem was is that they got the right pocket or the wrong pocket. I don't know which one they got, but they got the glow tracks and not the wallet. Amen? So uh, ever since then, I've thought, you know, it'd be really good to make a tract on Thou Shalt Not Steal. That would have made an interesting twist to the story. We, we had a guy email us one time saying, hey, thanks for this tract that I found um, on State of the Dead or whatever. Well, he didn't say State of the Dead. That's kind of an Adventist term, but you know what I'm saying. And he said, uh, and thanks to the person who left it in the barbecue grill for me at Orchard's Hardware Store. I always thought to myself that'd be great if that was actually a tract on Hellfire, you know, in there. Uh, barbecue grill, fire, flames, you know, just a, it would be more of a match. But um, anyway, that's not what happened. So uh, moving on to method number two, community events, parades. If you ever have a parade, great idea. Uh, get yourself a float. Have some Pathfinders stand in the back, pass out literature if it's an option for you. Uh, moving on to number three here for community events, holidays. Folks, if there is uh, one holiday out of the entire year that is the best for doing door-to-door -door and distribution, what holiday is that? Ooh, we have uh, different opinions here. 
What about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Can come up with a veg turkey slice. Um, a Halloween, right? Halloween is the best day out of all 365 days a year to go door to door, right? Why? Think about it. Why? Be because everybody's expecting people to come to their doors, number one. What's another good reason? Because everybody is going door to door. Number three, you blend in with the crowds. Number four, you can dress conservatively in a nice church suit and it'll look like you're wearing a costume too, <laughs> right? And number five, you can say cool things like uh, trick or truth as you give them a Bible pamphlet, right? Folks, Halloween is the best day to go out door to door. We shouldn't be, you know, collecting cavities. We should be out there passing out literature. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Hello? This is a, a time when we should be doing uh, things for the Lord. Well, anyway, I was leading a team in, in one of these churches, uh, and we were going out on Halloween night. It was in, uh, somewhere in California, and I bumped into uh, this guy, a full-grown man wearing a, a full-on banana suit. I mean, the, the yellow banana, just a full-body banana suit. And I thought to myself, this is an appealing scene. I need to give him some tracks. So I went up to him, and I gave him one of our Bible tracks. And he looked at it, and he said, oh, this is cool, man. You got more? So I gave him a whole stack of glow tracks. And uh, believe it or not, he and I split. We went separate ways. <laughs> the banana went one way, and I went the other. And uh, I met this guy, this banana, uh, on another street about half an hour later, and he had already gotten rid of all the tracks that he had. And so he asked me for more, and I gave him a whole other stack. Folks, if a random banana can go and pass out literature on Halloween night affecting the community, can't we do that? Amen, this guy's not Adventist, right? Let's do this. Simple. Okay, moving on. School. For those of you who are still in school, for those of you who have kids who are in school or grandkids who are in school, this is a prime opportunity to get literature into people's hands. Strategic placement. We got an email the other day from uh, a Seventh-day Adventist who is attending university, and this is what she said. I found, oh, never mind. This is a different email. This is from a non-Adventist on, on a campus, and this is what they said. I found three of your glow literature booklets at my college, and I became intrigued. I'm a Catholic, but I haven't practiced since I was a child. I already own a Bible, but I've only recently started to read it, and it's difficult to understand. I read on the booklet that Glow offers free Bible study plans, and I thought this might help me better understand the Bible. Amen? Amen. Amen. We had a, an Adventist in a university up in Michigan, a secular university. She went into the class early, a philosophy class, I think it was, and she put out these tracks on, um, on relativism. Relativism. You know, relativism. Basically, there's no such thing as ultimate truth. Anyway people start coming into the class, they're all over the desks, even on the teacher's desk. Teacher comes in, people come in, they're sitting down, they're reading, they don't know who passed out the tracks. Teacher starts the class, he goes up to the board, and th this is not on the, the, the pre-designated uh, topics. In other words, she didn't know what the teacher was going to teach that day, but he goes up to the, to the, to the board, he writes up the word uh, uh, relativism, and he says, today we're going to talk about relativism. And he pulls up this tract in front of all the students, and he says, have you guys seen these tracks around on campus? He says, these things illustrate relativism. And he reads through uh, the beginning of the track to the entire class. Amen? Amen? Wow, divine appointment. All right, at school, 
Uh, of course, there's personal giving. We had a 10-year-old uh, girl who had just gotten baptized into the Adventist church in Turlock, and uh, <clears throat> she had an idea. She took glow tracks from her local church over to her public school, and she was 10 years old, and she goes there. She prays over the glow tracks, prays about who to give them to. She goes to her little friends, and she starts giving them these, these tracks. One of the girls uh, liked it, and, uh, or one of the boys, and he said, you know, these are so good. You shouldn't be giving these out for free. You should be selling these. And another one of her friends, after looking at it, she noticed that it talked about Bible studies on the back, and she asked if, uh, if she could uh, do the Bible studies as well. These are 10-year-old kids, folks, wanting to do Bible studies. Well, anyway, that uh, girl ended up, uh, the girl that was asking for Bible studies actually ended up coming over to the Turlock Church to visit with her mom. Amen? And as far as I know, I think they even had some Bible studies uh, together somehow. All right? Strategic placement. I like this one. This is another category which uh, I, I parred down. We have about 11 categories of ways, not methods, but actual categories of literature distribution. And I've kind of shortened it for our presentation time today. Um, but uh, if you want to get more resources on this, uh, talk to me afterwards and uh, I can email you information, okay? Strategic placement. Believe it or not, if your tract falls on the ground, that in some instances is strategic placement. <laughs> We've had a lot of people email us uh, write us or call us requesting Bible studies because they found the tract on the ground. It works. Folks, don't worry if somebody takes that tract off of the car door, they don't read it, but they leave it on the parking lot ground. Somebody else is going to pick that up. In fact, it's, this reminds me, right here in Florida, Orlando, Florida, I think it's Orlando, they have Disney World, right? We had a janitor call us from Disney World one time because he was sweeping and he found a glow tract on the ground and he called in to sign up. Amen? Amen. Folks, it works. It works. Um, let me see, what do I have up here for on the ground to illustrate that? Oh yeah, in Bakersfield, a son of a mother had just gotten out of jail, and uh, as he was walking along the street, he found one of our tracks on the ground, and it had just rained. He picked up the tract, he took it back to his mom, the mom looked at it, and this tract was so messed up by the rain that the only thing that was left on it was uh, the website. There was no information, just a website. Uh, she, she emailed in to us and she requested Bible studies uh, by visiting that website. Just off of that. It's powerful. People pick this stuff up off the ground and they're thirsty for uh, what we have to offer. Strategic placement. In the ER? Hmm. We got an email recently from a brother. And this is what he said. This is a non-Adventist, by the way. Hi, I was just wondering how I can get a hold of your Bible literature tracks so I can share them with other people door to door, or with other people. I first came across the Bible tracks while I was waiting in the ER at my local hospital. I had just suffered a bad spill on the ice and split open my chin so that I had to wait for an available doctor. Meanwhile, as I waited, I noticed several of the Bible tracks sitting atop a dusty TV in the corner of the waiting room. After my mind Yeah, it's a little bit small on my screen there. After reading into several of the Bible tracks, it somewhat helped to plant a seed in my mind and my heart that evening. I look at it now sort of as God's way of giving me his gift of salvation. Folks, this is a non-Adventist writing in. Amen? I mean, I couldn't have paid him to write this better. He orchestrated an accident so that I can come across the Glow Bible tracks at the hospital and learn and yearn for more truth. I felt reading those little Bible tracks helped me to understand the situations in a scriptural lens. Eventually, I diligently sought after the truth and found it in my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Thanks again, and God bless Glow Ministry. Amen? Put them somewhere, folks. People are going to pick them up and read them. All right. <clears throat> Stores with racks. 
Now check this out. There are um, literature racks, which are oftentimes underutilized. Folks, we have literature racks in our church foyers, but we need to take those racks and, yeah, I have them in the foyers, but get more racks and not have them only in the foyers, but put them out in the community, okay? A lot of us here work in different offices where we have the ability to put a literature rack or we have uh, influence in a place where we work that we, we could make that happen. Or we could even go to some of the local businesses in our, in our city, our town, and we could ask them if they're interested in, in us placing a literature rack there. People do this for secular business purposes. We can have a small literature rack. We've developed some literature racks that go well with Bible tracts, and, uh, and, it's, and it's working. Especially in Southern California, there's an emphasis on doing this. People in the church, they, they, um, they volunteer to, to purchase a literature rack. And, and, and volunteer to pay for the, the filling of it long term. While another person volunteers to actually do the footwork of going out into the community to find a place to, to strategically have it put, if that makes sense. So the two church members together combined, they, they, they make it happen. One provides the finances, the other one provides the manpower, and it gets done. Uh, we had, this happened in the Michigan conference. Somebody got a, a literature rack placed into a Christian bookstore. And uh, one of the tracts that was in there was on the Sabbath. A customer came in, picked up the tract on the Sabbath, read it, was affected by it, came back and told the Christian bookstore owner about this tract. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think what ended up happening was uh, the Christian bookstore owner uh, took Bible studies and got baptized, something like that. Oh, Oh, no, he shut his store down, his Christian bookstore down on Sabbath after that. Hello? That's by putting a literature rack into a store and one of the tracks there affects the owner so that he shuts down his store on the Sabbath? Folks! Now, we don't think a lot of times that it has a profound impact when we do small things for the Lord, but, but that doesn't uh, mean that it doesn't. And even if it didn't have a, small, a large impact, it's still being faithful in the small things. Amen? It, remember, it was only a stone that knocked down Goliath. It wasn't anything fancy. All right. We're wrapping up here in someone's hand. Um, I want to point you to, to this right here, illustration A. I hope that you can read this. I'll turn around backwards. This is, a, this is a bust. This is a mannequin half. And uh, it has a shirt on it. And this shirt says, ask me for a free Bible pamphlet. Guess what happens when you wear that shirt in a grocery store? People come up and they ask you for a free Bible pamphlet. It works! If you don't know what to say to somebody to do, uh, get a piece of literature directly into somebody's hand, let your shirt do the speaking for you. That's one way of doing it. These come in children's sizes as well. My two little children have them, and we were just somewhere a few days ago, and they asked my child for a free Bible pamphlet. Yep. Another one that we have says, I will give you $5 if you ask me for a Bible pamphlet and I don't have one. We call that our motivator shirt. It will help motivate you to carry Bible pamphlets with you. And it works. My buddy Joel, who works with me, we were at a restaurant recently. He's sitting there, uh, you know, minding his own business. Some guy walks by kind of jokingly, hey, and he starts reading this thing out loud. He starts reading Joel's shirt out loud. He calls over some of his buddies. He's like, you got a Bible pamphlet? And Joel's like, yep, gives them all Bible pamphlets. Praise the Lord. Simple. I had it happen to me in the grocery store. Somebody came up, and they, a worker, and they said, hey, do you have a Bible pamphlet? And I said, sure thing. I pulled one out. And she's like, oh, man, I was trying to catch you with that one. And I said, if she only knew who I was, 
I'm the glow man. No, it's joking. But uh, yeah, she got a Bible pamphlet. So, all right. Um, I think that we're going to maybe skip our last category here and uh, just open it up for any questions at this point. Folks, we have about nine minutes left. So let's, uh, let's take some questions. And I'm going to repeat your question so that it's recorded for Audioverse. Ma'am? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you asked, where do you get the T-shirt? Um, well, you can get them online. We, I, I can give you a tract afterwards on the back, glowonline.org. There's a website, and it has a store. You can get them there. Or you can get them at our booth, aisle 900. Okay? So other questions? We have one right here. And uh, make sure, folks, th this is questions, not, not a lot of comments, just questions, because we want to get everybody. Over here? Okay, a suggestion for di distribution? Yes, you have a water distribution ministry for people who are needing a drink. That's awesome. Good way of getting them out. Questions? Over here. Where do you get the tracks? Um, very good question. Um, right here at our booth, aisle 900. Right here at our booth, aisle 900. Or you can visit our website anytime. Just go to SDA, Seventh day Adventist, glow.org. SDA Glow. Yeah, aisle 900, uh, 935, I think, is, uh, is the number, okay? I'll, uh, and don't forget that you can use any literature you want. Love is a concept. Yep. Always carry literature. Yes, exactly. So we're not promoting necessarily a specific track. We're just talking about literature distribution in general. We had a hand here, and then we're going to go in the back. Ma'am? Mm. By the way, when we go door to door as coal porters and sell things, uh, we have paperwork from the United States Supreme Court saying that it's in our constitutional right under the First Amendment for us to do proselytization. It's not soliciting. So literature distribution, which is not even sales, is much more under that category of being uh, protected. Yeah. The reality is, is that uh, businesses or communities, uh, you, you'll run into situations where the people on the lower ranks of law enforcement or policy enforcement will not know constitutional issues and what's right and what's wrong. So you will run into issues with them, but the higher you go up if you're to pursue it in the courts, we always win out. But, but, uh, we want to work with not the minority issues where there's a problem. The vast majority, there's not that problem. So, so in other words, if it's a question, just don't do it. Go on to other stuff, okay? We, we need to move on to one more question. Let's talk about this one-on-one -on -one in the back, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, basically what you want to do to get a hold of some of those, uh, depending on where this program is, there's actually different methods for holding them. Hey, there you go, the ASI uh, little... Uh, little uh, name tags. You can slip them in there. That's good. That's a free one, too. Um, or however much registration costs. But um, what you want to do, <laughs> Australia has these really cool ones that we're actually thinking about producing for the states. They're, they're, like a, they're a double fold that fold like a wallet, and they hold literature on both sides. And uh, it's really neat. We're probably going to be ordering some of those. To get a hold of them, go to the same store, the, the same website that I was talking about, sdaglow.org. And uh, you'll be able to contact us through our online store right there, and you can get a hold of those, okay? Yeah, so. All right, maybe one more question, and then we need to close with a word of prayer. We have three minutes left, according to my clock. Amen. Yes, you, you, you just mentioned a taxi driver that uh, has uh, a, an Adventist taxi driver. He has a little thing on his uh, in his car where the tracks uh, slip in on top so that he can pull them out easily. Thank you for bringing that up. I actually forgot to get to uh, the last slide that I did want to share with you, and that is to help us to remember to carry tracks. Here's two tips. Number one, keep your literature by your exit door at your house. 
And number two, keep your literature in your car as well so that when you hop out, it's right there. That's what saves me the most is whenever I hop out of my car, I have it in a little pocket right there in my Toyota Corolla. And it reminds me, I just grab a few, I stick it in my, in my pocket, and I'm, I'm good to go when I walk into that store. And that definitely helps a lot. If we don't have them by our exit doors in our car or our house, it's just going to collect us like it would in the foyer, okay? Did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what you need to do is get a shirt that says, I'll give you five bucks if you, yeah, okay? Okay, I think we need to wrap things up. If you guys have uh, questions afterwards, we're going to be here for you. And um, yeah, God bless. Folks, let's get evangelistic, amen? amen? Let's not just do this ourselves. Let's go back to our local church and get them activated too. Everybody can pass out Bible tracts. It's the simplest thing on earth. And we know that soon more than a thousand are going to be converted in one day, most of whom, most of whom will trace their first convictions back to the reading of our publications. So uh, let's have a word of prayer. All right. Let's, yes. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, thank you so much that we can work for you. Lord, the fact that we can work for you means that we have a message to give, which means that there's salvation available still. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for the truths that you've given us as a Seventh-day Adventist denomination. I pray, Father, that you would help us to be faithful in the small things. Lord, may we change our culture so that we become more evangelistic and so that soon more than 51% of us will know what it means to be co-laborers together with you so that you can pour out your Holy Spirit and we can wrap this thing up and go home. Amen. So, Father, do whatever it takes. But in the meantime, Lord, at least help us to be faithful in the small things and uh, carry some pamphlets with us. Thank you. We pray for this in your name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.